1: So it's come to this. We're talking movies. You know, it, we're a movie podcast, first and foremost. And you got to talk about, when you talk about movies, you got to talk about the Oscars.
0: And now that the Oscars <laughs> have been like two months ago, yeah, we're now like, that, now we're going to dig in see, to that, the Oscars. Now that everyone's right? forgotten about them. that yeah. <laughs> everybody forgot about them. The immediate next day, we're like, all right, a few weeks after that, that's when we hit. Time to give our hot takes. That's when we bring it. <laughs> that's when we land this plane. I think
1: so. Yeah, people uh, want three weeks later Oscar time. They want it from us. I'm if Charlie. There, I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Yeah, we got some things to say. I'm still. I still watch
0: the Oscars. I still do. That's the one thing. I'm not. I'm not out here watching the Grammys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the CMAs uh, yeah, every
1: month. I don't think I watch anything but maybe the Golden Globes when I remember it's on. And the yeah, I still watch the Oscars. Yeah, I'll watch some Spirit Awards clips
0: on YouTube, and then I'll. I will mm-hmm. watch the, all of the Oscars though.
1: I uh, I don't
0: get it. They mean less and less to me every year. <laughs> I, and I do it. I'm back. And uh, <laughs> so I'm getting real tired of all of the, every year we're get, we're targeting one movie. We're going mm-hmm. all in on one movie. And man, felt like this year especially, they really missed a lot of the stuff I loved the most. Oh, yeah. I don't I think anything that. we like got, got even nominated mostly. No. And the stuff we did love, like Tar, which we'll talk about Later. That'll be our main focus. That'll be our main sure. focus. Just get some shut things out. to say. Yeah, man. Yeah. What would you think about Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? We're gonna go through a few of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Eight weeks after the Oscars, just the ones we talked about that we're not gonna do a full episode. <laughs> right. About, but we, you know, we watch other movies than the slop we talk about. <laughs> we watch uh,
1: the nominated stuff here. Sometimes I, I uh, definitely did see Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I think yeah. That one, Tar, and maybe one other were the <laughs> one only one. ones I actually watched. Like I didn't see the did way Avatar i haven't didn't seen avatar yet oh the whale the, the whale avatar didn't, movie did not see uh no none of them were uh they couldn't be interesting you, huh? to me
0: i've never seen coda but coda was the big winner right. last year that everybody collectively forgot about the next day couldn't yeah. tell you couldn't tell you about coda coda
1: 2 is looking looking good though. coda two's crazy <laughs>
0: citizens on patrol
1: That's wild <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, I liked everything everywhere all at once. Same. I don't like having to say the title every time I reference it. I know the movie. it's so man. Uh I like the Daniels. I liked Swiss Army Man. That was the other one I saw of theirs. I know they have maybe another one. Right. Um Seven Oscars is a lot of it's Oscars. It's crazy. And you knew it. Going in, it's oh, just yeah. one of
0: those things where you knew this thing was gonna win all of the like, cause We all know, knew.
1: I saw it when it was on the Showtime app, you know, a couple months ago, when it was already basically guaranteed to win all the awards <laughs> right so they're they're too obvious about it you got to talk about other movies a little misdirection me- you know this this was the only movie anyone talked about and uh- admittedly a great real life story right how can you have ev- that's
0: the problem is uh i like this movie mm-hmm. and now i think i'm kind of tired of this movie <laughs> and that's not the movie's fault that's just where i'm at with it right now right uh, it's also one of the only movies of the year where I liked it. But then, usually a movie goes up in my estimation, right? Mm-hmm. I'll see a movie, my favorite movie of the year, Bones and All, and mm-hmm. that's finally uh, actually available. Oh, that's that's our first three-hour Why is that movie not right available? Because it's awful. Because like, everything's <laughs> awful. Everything's terrible now. We have access Can't to have everything except certain things, and things always change. Yep. But everything everywhere is everywhere. You know, and it's one of those, the further removed I'm in, I'm getting sick of the discourse. I hate everybody's opinions on it. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, I'm just tired of hearing about it, right? Well, and it's not the movie's fault
1: because they did a good thing in a lot of ways. That movie came out like last April. Yeah. Like a year ago. And then it just kept coming back and back. It was in theaters constantly. Which is great for them, but yeah, like you said... You've seen it, then you've seen it, and uh, yeah, I hated all the discourse <laughs> around
0: yeah. all of it. But then at the same time, how could you not take the chance to award
1: Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I like I like that they all got their. How rewards, could you not give it to Michelle it. Yao? Right? Yeah, the comeback Kiwi story Kwan? of the Are century is me? is Kihei Kwan. Right? That's incredible, and he was great in it. Yes, and he and uh, he's was my favorite part of that movie. Michelle Yao was great. Jamie Lee Curtis is great. It's all great. Yeah, It's all great, guys. You know, and it's it's a great way to give Michelle Yao an Oscar
0: because as kick-ass as she is, sadly, society never evolved to the level of giving Oscars to movies like Super Cop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All their best... Like, I guess you can say what? Crouching Tiger.
1: I think that's... We got close with Crouching that, Tiger. That would have been it, right? That won some awards, right?
0: But she is great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... It it would be kind of boring for Kate Blanchett to win against the best chance someone killer like Michelle Yao has, right? But Kate Blanchett on Tar is just a new level of like a realistic sociopathic psycho, <laughs> you know,
1: just the scariest woman in a in a tailored suit. Felt like a yeah, felt like Michelle Yao had a role that was very on the surface mm-hmm. and uh, easy to relate to. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett in Tar is the opposite of that. Everything's under the surface and not easy to Just a manipulative to. piece of shit. And not someone you can root for. <laughs> yeah, well, you're rooting for Michelle Yao and, and Kei He Kwan. And you're rooting for... I, I just think it's funny that the winner of the best picture, best director, best original screenplay has a guy like fucking a lamp. And I that, know. That's the one thing I... Uh, you know, the stuff with the dildos and the butt plugs. It's like, this movie was way too silly for its own good. It, to me that it was just like it wants me to be very heartstring pulling with the mother daughter relationship and it's also like 10 minutes of a guy getting slapped around with a dildo i i it's both appreciate why
0: both. people would would love the the blend of of having its cake and getting to be what's the word not reverent <laughs> But, you know, but yeah, we're going to have butt plugs. But also this is going to be like a a heart wrenching story about tough mother daughter relationships and the expectations parents can put on us without realizing it. And we're going to have our tape, but also like hot dog fingers. (laughs) And part of it is of. I'm getting tired of the multiverse stuff. Right. I hate when all when my show all like. Remember Fringe?
1: R.I.P. Lance Reddick. I know Fringe. That was sad. Uh, I saw the first season of Fringe. I, I remember liking it, but Fringe kicked ass. And by season
0: three, God bless him for getting that far, it was like, well, that person's dead in this universe, but mm-hmm. we're not missing an episode with a multiverse. <laughs> and so I'm. That's comic books for the I'm, last
1: thirty years. Too, yeah, yeah, and
0: I hate it. I'm done with multiverses. You're not and, a multiverse guy. I and and now they you. are just out. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably the best multiverse movie. But at their core, they feel like a bunch of writer's room ideas that we can't flesh out into full stories. So now we get a chance to pitch our 15 jokes. You know, we can show like one second of all these universes and throw in these little gags. And so it feels like padding Mm. in a certain way. A good to make a make things seem deep. But actually, you're just like, well, the hot dog hands sell themselves. (laughs) But we don't need to linger on the hot hot dog. dog hands. Right. It's great to have a raccoon puppet, but you're not making a 20, 20 minute oh raccoon my God. feature, right? The raccoon thing. Raccoonie has, has How did legs. they not get
1: sued by Disney for that? <laughs>
0: and so, but you got to hand it to the Daniels for seemingly knowing how much to have of these things. They aren't going for jokes every second. It is parsed out. Mm-hmm. They do hit the serious moments when they do try to hit them, right? But yeah, it's a package deal. <laughs> I guess the, the more further removed it is, the more like, like I laughed my ass off in Napoleon Dynamite first time. But I wasn't the guy wearing like a vote for Pedro shirt, ringer shirt. <laughs> like a year later, it's like, yeah, Uncle Rico kicked ass that one time. Yeah, that was pretty great. You're not gonna have any googly eyes around the house now. <laughs> no, the people. God bless the the people that are selling <laughs> like googly eye rocks for twenty five bucks. Like
1: fleece those rubes. I gotta say, by the way, all the you all the multiverses you enter as a version of yourself. You wouldn't be a rock in a universe with no light. <laughs> <laughs> You just wouldn't be there. I think part of it. I, they, they broke their own rules. I think part of <laughs> no. it is uh, these multiverse
0: movies have all their jokes and all these different but they present them as ideas that like are supposed to be kind of like something to think about. And that's why it just leads to these frustrating opinions where, like, you wouldn't be a rock. <laughs> you say, it's like, I don't want to be baited into thinking of something that's just one guy's tossed off joke. Mm-hmm. It's not at, that deep. And so the people that take deep meaning in something like this.
1: That's when I start to like lose yeah. the movie a bit. Well, that this movie, especially the, the everything everywhere, it was so on the nose and on its face of just like this is life, and you you got to deal with it because you only get one life. And but also really told like...
0: in an intentionally confusing way that sounded like somebody reading instructions to you. Yeah, for that was the big first half stretches right? right. Yeah. My, this is one of those movies, since it's getting nominated for every Oscar, has been the only movie talked about for two months. Of course, like my old-ass parents are asking me about it, right? <laughs> and I'm saying, I don't know if you guys can... Like, they watch The Mysteries of Oak Island. Mm. That's their pace of programming, <laughs> okay? They'll dabble in ancient aliens, but that's sure. as far as they'll go. There's probably
1: some multiverse talk on ancient aliens.
0: So they... And I said, I don't know if it's for you guys. Like, I'm I'm nudging them towards the Fablemans. Sure. Like, go yeah. with the Steven Spielberg family biopic. Go, like, you. it has the people you like in it. It's the plot you can understand. And then the next day, they're, like, mad at me because everything everywhere was so hard to follow. It's like, man, the awards are making these old people see these movies that are... I don't want my parents seeing butt plug stuff. Exactly. Because I'm the I don't one that has to answer the questions <laughs> yeah. about what it meant. Yeah. I don't want to have to talk to them about it. And like, so I think I'm resenting the hype because it's just, it's nothing they did. I'm happy for the Daniels. But I also understand the face Todd Field was making when the Daniels won.
1: And his big cowboy hat that he's his, wearing.
0: his fucking Pharrell hat <laughs> with the sourest puss. And I get it. Because yeah. Tar was incredible. And that guy hasn't made a movie since Little Children. I know. You talk about an incredible return as a child actor? Jackie Earl Haley in Little Children. Tom Field did 18 years ago what Daniels are getting like three Oscars to do. And he's just like, yeah, my child molester movie got a nomination. But uh, <laughs> here I am with these guys. He's a now. critical darling, yeah. Um, you but- know, it's like losing to the Farrelly brothers. You're like, what? Right. <laughs> really? <laughs> really we're giving it to green like the, book the real guys are sitting there the crowd just like oh come on yeah and yeah i saw todd field's face like you see the a movie just making about a brazen awful person like tar and this one's got like jamie lee curtis butt plugs huh we did it we cracked the code everyone we got the things everybody's gonna talk just about. just enough nostalgia
1: year. with the yeah jamie lee and, and the K hae quan and their stories, and then also, yeah, the weirdness of it. It's like, ah, it's so weird, it must be good. It's that kind of vibe. It's when adults got Juno. Mm -hmm. It's that
0: vibe. We're giving it to the woman who says quirky things. God, that (laughs) Juno. That's aged well. I know. (laughs) That Best script winner. And you just knew. You knew this was getting the best screenplay. Let me tell you why I knew the Tar screenplay was good. Because an hour into Tar... I had that thought where like, I don't think I've understood a single exchange (laughs) in this entire movie. Must be smart, right? Yeah. But that was, I'll talk more when we get deeper into Tar, everything everywhere is just this good movie that was a fun movie that seems like it's just blown so far past where anybody would have expected it. And now that all the people that love it so much got to where they got, it's like, now it's the best movie. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy to me.
1: I'm excited to see what the Daniels do next, I guess. They're gonna
0: get every opportunity to do some weird shit. Yeah. Like now they're getting budgets. These guys, yeah, Swiss Army Man. I don't even know if I liked that movie.
1: But I like that I got to see that movie. At 3rd Street. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I, I'm glad I got to go. I like see... that weird movies are getting made like that. Definitely. Yeah. Um but, I, I, but yeah, it was just it was just I guess it was just too obvious that it was going to win already. There was no there was no like I don't know. You couldn't feel like good for them because you saw it coming a mile away. I and there guess. were so many movies this year that I thought about
0: so much more than Everything Everywhere. And they were all nominated. Some of them were. But then just got blown out by Everything Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? The Banshees of Inisherin Sharon was this roller coaster movie experience for me where they sold it as a comedy. They sold it like two funny Irish guys bickering. Right. 30 minutes in, it becomes the darkest story past the Northman, that I mm. saw. This is this deep, traumatizing end of a relationship, and end of multiple relationships, and dark story, right? But it stuck with me. Mm. I kept thinking about how good Brendan Gleason was and how incredible Colin Farrell was, right? I'm not even an In Bruges guy. this is such this darker deeper thing
1: i like what colin farrell's been doing lately for sure for him right yeah i was just thinking i saw some post about the the lobster the other day i was just like man that was a really good performance and movie if colin farrell can start being like what ethan Hawke Mm. (laughs) has been that's gonna be cool and then he also like gets in a 10 pounds of makeup for uh, the batman like, yeah, this guy's having his cake and eating it too. That's great, sure. right? Yeah. That's cool. And Banshees of
0: Innisharian is such a, uh, I feel it was, it was marketed so differently to get people in mm-hmm. and then suddenly just punches them right in the gut. with like, oh yeah. And the guy's pet donkey,
1: it's going to choke to death. Oh. Thump. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, so you then... could see why that doesn't win against the feel good, tearjerker, you know, you got to love your mom story of of everything everywhere. Yeah
0: but fablemans is this story about steven spielberg loving his mom mm-hmm. despite her open three-way marriage with her father's best friend and coworker the story They're Spi- not advertising
1: that part of the movie no they're
0: not advertising that it's a movie about steven spielberg's mom's sex life <laughs> Holy shit, Steve. (laughs) I love Steve so much, man. I would love to make this the Spielberg podcast, right? I love this dude. Last year, maybe my favorite movie outside of my love, Licorice Pizza. Mm. West Side Story captivated me in the most unexpected way. It was so powerful to me. And it was just like, who's better than Steve? Who is better than Steve, right? Yeah. And that's the movie. That I'd expect Hollywood would just cream their jeans over Steven Spielberg making, right? I thought that movie was going to be the one to win 12
1: Oscars. West Side Story? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like old Hollywood kind of big grandiose It's
0: everything the Oscars has pretended to want.
1: Yeah. The entire time I've
0: watched the Oscars, and he did the best version of it. The best dude just did the best version of the thing they want. And then they
1: don't... Maybe they, Maybe they don't want it
0: anymore. <laughs> they just do what. So he's like, you know what? I'm making the movie about my mom fucking. That's what <laughs> this, you get now. This one's for me. That's what you get. I'm making it for me now. I did the best version of your favorite musical you could ever want. I'm making the one about my folks' weird three-way. Right. That they did in front of the kids. <laughs> I'm doing it. And also, it was me growing up and learning how to make movies. But also, my mom, crazy. <laughs> but it was good, man. The film mm-hmm. was good. He cast David Lynch in the final scene of the movie.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen the Fablemans, but I know that I think I've seen that scene online. It's so just great. him lighting a cigar for like a <laughs> minute and a half. <laughs> David
0: Lynch is John Ford. I heard Lynch kept turning down the role, and then he'd do it on one condition that Spielberg would have the his costume sent over to him a couple months in advance so he could like wear it a bunch. Nice. It yep, was just like that khaki pants and yep. like a shirt.
1: Did he wear the eye patch for a couple months? Oh, of course. I, hope I so. have to think. I hope right? so. I don't want to know the
0: answer because I want to know the answer. Of course he did. The guy's the best. But I love Spielberg being like, fine, I'm doing this one. I'm doing it. Good for him. Then it gets shut out by everything everywhere. Yeah. The Daniels. The Daniels. Or Todd
1: Field. Spielberg sitting there. John Williams lost. How the guys, you... 92. <laughs> give, give him one more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not giving him the honorary life give up just load it up what else is he gonna do failman's was a good score because it, mm. it was so not a john williams score you know john williams scores everybody recognizes his sound the failman's was so different everybody else is getting the lifetime achievement award oscars the big comeback stories where's j-dub's story yeah Guys, sit there just out of frame to the, like half his face behind Spielberg the whole night. Come on,
1: I I, I got to say too the whole the whole Oscar night I was thinking in my head like I think what if they give it to Top Gun? What Dude, if, what if I wanted it? By the end, I wanted it because that's the movie that basically kept the industry alive. And they knew last it. Year.
0: I'd be so good for man. Like, I know that would so make sense.
1: Top Maverick totally changed
0: everything. I think about Tom Cruise. It's like no, this guy is a star. He's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. He has seen he knows where bodies are buried, but this guy gets what people want to see at the movies. When I saw Maverick, dude, it was just like I had I can't remember the time a room universally just was in love with a movie, right? This movie is openly talked about as the thing that is that let movie theaters hang on for an extra who knows how many years, right? Mm-hmm. This proved that movies are viable. Tom Cruise should have won everything. They should have invented an award. He was not the technical director of that movie. That movie is impossible and does not ever exist without him. He made that movie. Yeah, I think everybody, the director
1: and everybody was like, it was basically his call, whatever we did.
0: This guy did an entire impossible-to-make movie himself. Yeah. He filmed all these stunts. This movie deserved everything. It has the worst love scene
1: you'll see in <laughs> oh, any no. movie. Ever. Would, not with Jennifer Connolly. Please don't tell me she's in the Jennifer worst love Connelly scene. Jennifer is, Connolly is the worst love scene. The
0: hottest woman ever. Acknowledged. Tom Cruise is not having a love scene in 2022 mm. in a movie. This scene is so soft lit, and it basically cuts to that. They might as well have him just shaking hands. <laughs> It's like fully clothed, and they kind of lean in with soft music. And yeah. It does a fadeaway afterwards, and it's like it's over, but their clothes are still on in the same way. It's like do they just do hand stuff.
1: <laughs> we don't see any of it, and it's a drag. It's like a little, little Bonnie and Clyde it's kind of bummer. reference there. Like, yeah, he's actually... <laughs> he uh, only gets hard flying planes. <laughs> he's, Exactly. He's got to be in the cockpit. He can't experience actual intimacy. <laughs> I kind of remember that being the love scene in the first Top Gun too, like him and Kelly McGinnis. And it's like just these kind of blue shapes and then the next scene she's like dressed like a dude.
0: Yeah, that movie's we don't need to be the the millionth <laughs> podcast to talk about the gay coding in Top yeah. Gun but Maverick cruises, while he's not You know, showing that he can have sex with real live women anymore. He showed that he was short. The volleyball Mm. scene in this one, he's like six inches shorter than everyone playing it. Or the football. There's a beach football scene. Sure. It's fine. They they did the homage to the volleyball scene. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's no beach volleyball point break scene. He tried, but he's not there. Yeah. But the action in this movie is the stuff like like movie dreams are made of man it looks insane mm-hmm. it's incredible because he did it he did this movie that made billions of dollars they should have made it special oscar it got people him. back in the theater yeah it did uh, yeah they fucked up <laughs> they chose the kiki kwan story i'm mm-hmm. sorry buddy should have been cruises night of all the people's nights it should have been. it's insane that it was everything everywhere
1: so weird story i heard about tom cruise recently involves todd field oh Back in... Uh, Their Eyes Wide Shut co-stars. So, uh, there you go. Well, yeah. that's how... Okay, so that's how they knew each other. That makes Field's sense. Fields, the piano player that tells them about the orgy. So, Todd Field makes In the Bedroom. Brilliant movie. Back in There's 2001. episode, man. All the Field movies. Uh, yeah. Miramax bought it at Sundance. And then Harvey, you know, fuck face. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. you know, as he would do with movies he bought, he would just kind of cut them up and do what he wanted to do with them. And Todd Field is like just devastated that he was gonna ruin his movie. Yeah. And Tom Cruise told him, "Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna let him ruin the movie. He's gonna test it poorly. You're gonna say, present the movie that I, you know, sold you at Sundance. Yeah. You know, and and it'll be do a my big movie. hit. And it was. And he's like, yeah. Tom Cruise basically like he knows- gave, gave him that way of of having that." career as a director yeah, even though now every, he's only made two movies since He was every right move to make yeah in hollywood like yeah. anybody not this
0: charismatic would have been run out on a rail at this point everybody
1: knows how psychotic he is he survived the oprah couch thing like that <laughs> that would that should have been a career killer i mean he's done a lot of things that should, kill <laughs> it, but he keeps getting just like and i got it yeah i always thought he was a weirdo and he is but yeah. I just kind of got but it. Then you watch Collateral year. or you watch Collateral oh, do dude whatever. Collateral's dude, the best. You know it's a great movie, the Jack Reacher movies. Yeah, fun. Totally. Really good movie. The guy knows how to make fun
0: action movies. What was the one that I couldn't believe he was in that I still don't know if it's real? You said he was in like The Mummy? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look it up because I still think you're lying to me cuz I have no memory of a Tom everyone does Mummy up. flop.
1: He was he had this weird phase where he's just uh Doing a lot of like the side. There was some movie like called Oblivion or something, and he's all, in, oh yeah. all in white. And I dug Oblivion, it's like, but but it's such a weird like M eighty three score, yeah. To Oblivion, it's such a weird it's like Tom cool. Cruise thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> he's a sci fi guy too. I love. I think I love his
0: dork sides. Yeah, I love that you can tell he's just a real freak. Mm-hmm. This was their night to honor a freak. The freak. Like they could have done it. You know, they could have done Elvis. It could have been a big mm-hmm. Elvis night. Tom Hanks gave the best, worst performance of his entire career in a movie called Elvis that was totally about
1: Colonel Parker. And that's the other one, the Brendan Fraser waiting for the... It's like you knew that was going to happen True. three months ago. I haven't seen the whale, and it's like, how cool would it have been to, ha- yeah, have Austin Butler suddenly get his name called? Yeah, and he does a little shimmy shake up Dude's there, dumb or something. His voice, yeah. up, up top. Instead, you got Brendan Fraser just heavy breathing into the mic, <laughs> just like ah, ah, to my director. <laughs> Jesus, dude! <laughs> yeah. Take a breath. <laughs> you knew this was coming. Yeah, you've known for two months. <laughs> you've all won the exact same awards.
0: You're all winning over, right?
1: You knew this was happening. It's so weird.
0: I didn't see it, you know. But how could I be like good for him, right?
1: I guess. Great. Good for <laughs> Frazier. What's not to
0: like? He was an Encino man. He was George of the Jungle.
1: So was K. Hey Kwan was an he, Encino. Oh man. yeah. <laughs> I hope. the, the I've said his name right. I, I hope it. the owner
0: of the rights to Encino Man puts out like DVDs of it that say. Featuring Academy Award winners, oh yeah, Brendan Fraser and Kiwi
1: Kwan, because <laughs> it's true, right? He was in Monkey Bone. With I always, I never knew that thing about what happened to him. Yeah, I always assumed it was Monkey Bone. Like I always assumed <laughs> he, he was blacklisted after Monkey, Monkey Bone. Bone. <laughs> It's like we're not letting this guy make movies anymore, right? He did Gods and Monsters after that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I know. Sad story. Glad he's back, but. But
0: take a Elvis ride. and Tom Cruise, it's like great to give it to Fraser. But man, Austin Butler's gonna be talking like Elvis for the next forty years. This movie broke him. Yeah, that guy went mental for that role, and that's what we want him to do, right? We want <laughs> these people to get
1: messed up. Right, we love Daniel Day Lewis. Like that's how you get. I'm a actually Nick a shoe cobbler. Yeah. Like whoa, that's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> that's how you get these guys that we love. Yeah, they just they get way too into something and then they don't pull out and then they become a weirdo. I, whole and life.
0: I want the freaks. And the freaks are the biggest people there. And it's like they don't want to give it to the biggest guy anymore. They don't yeah. want to acknowledge the greatness. Man, give it to Boz Lerman. Let me tell you, when I saw that Queen movie, mm-hmm. what a piece. And that's the one they go, we're going all in. We're doing it to Bohemian Rhapsody, guys. Now there's been actual good music biopics that have come since, like the Elton John
1: one, and now Elvis. And now they're just done with them. you got to think the Elvis performance better than that terrible Freddie Mercury the performance. The Freddie
0: Mercury is so bad. Not, not The good. teeth on Freddie Mercury, that movie. What are we doing? The historical accuracy went too far. <laughs> we know the guy had like a set up front, but geez, what are we doing? I hated looking at Rami Malek in that movie, and the editing was so bad. Yeah. The only thing they did right was the Wembley performance at the very end. It looked great. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all but there was two and but, a half hours. But Elvis
1: was made. The whole movie was that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Elvis, every performance, just it made me like watch the best cover band. I got to see the 68 comeback special d- shot by Boz Lerman. Mm-hmm. It was great. You like be getting Michelle Gondry's take on stop making sense. He just re-edited the footage, you know, and I loved it. So of course now they're like now the Daniels. I'm sorry. All of you we other movies. The Daniels. Every <laughs> other movie gave us exactly what we proclaim to love. We're going with this one. We're doing the other multiverse movie. Yeah, why not? I heard in Doctor Strange, one of the multiverses, the red lights were green lights, (laughs) and the green lights were red lights.
1: Oh, it's a topsy-turvy I think we're at the end of
0: it, guys. (laughs) It's like reaching the end of the internet. Like, guess the multiverse dried up. Uh, Nope, the next eight Spidermans will have it. (laughs) Oh, they're building their whole universe around that. You want to talk tar? Tar's the Let's one. Talk some tar, yeah. That felt like, God, Kate Blanchett has just been. She is the most celebrated uh, actress, probably, of our lives,
1: but it still feels like she's not celebrated enough. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean.
0: And she is just. She
1: should somehow be more famous, more, yeah. more popular, even right. though she's one of the most famous. Even though <laughs> she's
0: super famous, yeah. right? Everybody knows exactly who she is, but at the same time, I don't know anything about Kate Blanchett. It's true. I have this vision of her, who she is because of these so real performances like Carol mm-hmm. or Blue Jasmine, mm-hmm. where she's just the, this awful woman <laughs> in so specific ways and so many different ways.
1: But it's really easy to just think that's her,
0: and at the end of the day, I have no idea anything about who she
1: is. I know she. she we've been watching her in movies for twenty five years now. I mean, yeah. she's been around since the late nineties. She's been and winning awards uh, since the late nineties. She seemingly hasn't aged in that time, but she's delivers nothing but the best. I loved her in Nightmare Alley last year. Oh my god! Uh, and yeah, this movie was uh, this movie knocked me over, man. This was a. We knew this was, uh, you know, Katie, my wife, uh, is a singer in a Bach choir. She likes classical right. music. And we had heard this movie was great, and it's going to be nominated for these Oscars. We should watch it. It's on Peacock. And you know our life. Uh, <laughs> we don't get to do anything <laughs> was... until like 9.30 Dude, at night.
0: I loved this movie and thought about it so long after seeing it. And I was not going to recommend it to you because I was not. Ex- I did not want to see what text came after when You're like, what do you? Can't recommend these two hour four. I can't do these episodes. Well, that's Eric. yeah, that's what I was I like. Can't ni- see
1: Tar for an episode. It was like nine o'clock at night. We're like, damn, this thing is two hours and forty minutes. I had no idea. <laughs> okay, well, and we're both like, all right, well, we'll just watch. You know, the first hour and uh, pick it up later, whatever. And yeah, after about an hour, I think she went to bed. and She said, okay, and she was she was bored. Yeah, by it, and uh, I, I think that's why this movie ended up not winning. It's it is really dense. It is and is. Really, uh, like I said earlier, under the surface, especially the first hour, all of the things your
0: casual moviegoer would want to see, this movie goes out of its way to not show. Exactly.
1: Yeah, the way it starts with these very long conversations. Anyways, I w- I stayed up till midnight watching. It. <laughs> yeah, man. I couldn't. Look- I was. Drawn I literally in. couldn't look away from the opening montage of the suit getting made. Yeah. I literally turned. I was like, this is a better movie than Everywhere. <laughs> All at once. Yes. Like within forty-five seconds, I was like, "This is a better movie. This yes. is going to be more challenging. It's going to be denser and deeper." And the suit that she's wearing, and and the way she, is, I just loved the whole characterization because this movie doesn't tell you anything; it shows you everything, which is what it everything right everywhere doesn't the... do. It tells that movie tells you what it it's explains talking what about. is
0: happening in rapid fire
1: voice the whole time. Yeah, and this movie shows you this 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 uh, f- famous female conductor who is belittled and baited and not taken seriously and the opening scene with the New Yorker interviewer just like kind of bashing what she does as a conductor
0: and see this is this is amazing because I see it completely the opposite. Mm. I see that she is manipulating every single conversation in every part of her day controlling every part of it and risen to levels unforeseen in her field and knows she's the shit.
1: Well, shes I, I think uh, she's had to do that because of the way she's had to dominate people in this, in this world. She's never handed anything, so she's learned to be the predator.
0: When this movie sucks me in is when I finally realized they were going to show why she was fighting and why she was a sociopath. Because this movie, I view her as one of the most manipulative villains in movie history. I think this woman knows exactly where she's at Mm. and doesn't feel belittled. I think she knows how to manipulate every perceived belittling into something to advance her career immediately. A woman who can be threatening without necessarily outright being threatening in any way, Mm -hmm. but who also relishes the chances she gets to be threatening and becomes absorbed with this power that she has, while appearing like a hero, mm. not a hero in real life terms, because I like that this movie is set in a not real world. She's an egot winner. This is some universe yeah. where a conductor can win like an Academy Award and an you know and a Tony yeah. and like all these things, right? Yeah, this, world.
1: This Lydia Tarr, she's a big deal.
0: Yeah. So I like that already. This first hour of this movie, I said before. I don't feel like I followed any exchange in this first hour. It was all in English, and it felt like it was being spoken in a language that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. The exchanges these
1: people were having were so dense, but so surreally fake. It's but also, f- like specifically about class, like the you know the New Yorker interview, and then her teaching a class after that, which I yeah. th- feel like was one shot. Yeah, there's a lot like, of very long cool. drawn.
0: The way the angles they choose in this movie, and the areas of the room they put you in, yeah. You're so I was so drawn into this movie because I'm just so in this movie. Your hand yeah. isn't being held. Not every conversation feels real. They feel uh tense when there's no real need for you to feel like it's <laughs> tense, but I think this manipulation in this like phony intellectual battle is so strong mm-hmm. for the first hour.
1: Yeah, it's it's like they're the they they present the whole classical world as kind of this bullshit. Uh, yeah, you just keep waiting for this thing that people are kind of just making it up as they go along. Or or I guess I should say more like the important... I I've, It's always one of those where it's like the people act like they're very important, but the audience for these things is so specific. At the end, it's still just going to be donor class yeah. people that not,
0: don't really understand your world. You're still in your own bubble. And I haven't read a single thing about this movie because it's one of those things where every time I... I have a lot of thoughts about a movie and I read what what they're actually, quote, supposed to be Mm -hmm. just like, oh, mine are either dumber than that or way different from that. So I'd rather just so I don't really know what his intentions were and I don't know what. But the script feels so dense and so uninviting, not wanting to be followed or understood. Mm hmm. But it never felt pretentious to me because there was this sense and this tension that it was going to reveal its bullshit. And I like that kind of high-wire act that Todd Field does this whole time of making you think that you might not get to see Lydia get come up in, against her in any way. You, there's a chance this movie could have coasted through 240 with her just fucking over everyone mm-hmm. and winning everything, right? But I love the way it hints that these things are falling apart and the stresses that come with being an elite in that kind of field, right? This universe where a conductor can be a mega celebrity.
1: Yeah, she's a mega celebrity. Everyone knows her, but she's so distant from everyone, even her partner. And, you know, the one kind of person she connects to seemingly is the kid that they're raising. Yeah. And even that connection is weird. It, it it's it's one that's full of power and menace and she threatens the kids bully and uh yeah she's she's the uh she's kind of a monster but see, i i saw her as someone who you know the more you see the more is revealed and the more is revealed uh, you just see this artist was here somewhere and the artist uh got buried somewhere in the power struggle in the in the rise to power it's basically Citizen Kane or or I uh, think there will be blood or something. It's one of those like the the uh you're watching the story of a downfall eventually. I think that's a
0: very sympathetic look
1: yeah. at this fake person.
0: And I'm 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 viewing the movie more cynically in that I view the Lydia Tar character as someone who and since the movie doesn't outright tell you what happens to her and what's going to happen to her it leaves a lot of room for thought and speculation. I think that's why I've been thinking about this thing so much. For mm. this, almost all, every time we report a podcast, I watch the movie again, like right before, right, get a second viewing in, really soaking in. I haven't seen Tar for three weeks. It's the only thing I think, and it's like one of the only movies I've thought about mm. for three weeks. Right. I think she is a person who used her skill as a justification for her punishing abusive behavior. I think she's able to justify a perceived struggle as just a real excuse to dominate people. Mm. And I think that scene where she confronts her kid's bully is really important to that. Because I didn't view it as her just sticking up for her daughter, which she was doing. I viewed it as her relishing this opportunity to get to hold power over a kid who normally it would never be acceptable to hold power over. You don't get to go threaten an 11-year-old day-to-day life, right? So she knew she still had to keep it secret, but she also knew she was justifying even doing it.
1: Yeah, the way she tells the bully that no one will believe her. If you tell anyone that I said this, they won't believe you
0: that when she tells a child <laughs> nobody would believe <laughs> <That's wrong. laughs> you that is firmly saying this person's the bad person in this movie yeah and i think that person was always who she was mm. and i think she was using any way out to get there yeah her obsession with conducting was real and her talents real but i don't think the i don't think the power over people was something that just grew mm. i think she wanted this and i think the way the movie ends, we don't really get a sense for how far she's fallen. Another important clue that I think they left was when she's meeting with somebody very briefly about a PR plan. Mm-hmm. And then we see her after cancels, after she snapped, after she actually shows her ass. And she's working in, like, I don't know, South Malaysia, some right. <laughs> East Asian
1: country, right? Doing Monster Hunter uh, revival scores, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. That that ending I thought was so great. I had such a smile on my face when you see her. Yeah, in her new place, she's been kicked out of the Berlin orchestra. She's starting from scratch. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it's revealed that it's like an anime uh, live yeah, she's live doing orchestra a, she's doing a video game, uh, and everyone's everyone's in their cosplay watching the. But then, like the the announcer announcing the thing is like. You know, do your thing without any shame, like, is kind of his message. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm sympathetic because she gets so humbled at the end there, having to kind of do that lower level of orchestration. And So here's where I see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that her meeting, even though they only show it, like, they show it from behind her shoulder angle, her meeting with this PR person and then beginning to lay out this plan. Mm-hmm. I think it was a planned humbling. I don't buy that it's her being humbled. I believing it's her PR plan to show she's working her way back up. Gotcha. And I, she's yeah. not totally serious. I'm doing this video game thing, see? So I think it's a planned humbling. She wasn't really canceled. She's still... No. This was a real academy that she was working on. It's just not in Berlin. You know, but it wasn't just, yeah, her hotel isn't great, but she can't have her cool brick apartment in Berlin any longer. But, you know, I think it was a planned humbling. And I think they show these insights into her doing these things. But again, maybe I'm just viewing her... uh, a, don't know. Too harshly.
1: I definitely... Yeah, that second hour where things are starting to fall apart a little bit and she's got the young upstart Russian cellist who who then she kind of... I think I think that's the character where it's like she almost tries to become vulnerable with her. Maybe she admires her talent and, or she sees that she's the same kind of dead, dead power-hungry kind of person that she is. Well, that
0: character was so great because up to that point in the movie, as I said, she controls every conversation. She controls everything. When she's having that one guy forced out, mm-hmm. she turns that thing so hard on him. When he's the one that first starts talking about her relationships and the way she encourages uh, favors for advancement kind of thing. And he doesn't doesn't say it, but he starts to say it. And she turns it into such a victim act so quick, while also a threat, mm-hmm. that that guy is practically begging. He, mo- he moves that guy in his golden years off to some other conducting academy, right? When he had been in line for a decade yeah. for this assistant spot.
1: And you get the sense, too, she did that to that guy because he had one minor note yeah. about an orchestration or, or a choice she made that she didn't like. She's like, I, I, we're, let's get rid of this guy. <laughs> yeah. He had one small criticism of my work, so I he's think done. this
0: is a woman who has only ever wanted this. Yeah. And now she is exercising that while also making herself out to be the, the right person. Mm-hmm. And the cellist is so good. Because it's the first time we finally get to see any person in the movie not fall for her shit. Right. And I think it drives Tar so nuts that this girl is just outright lying to her without giving a shit. Not putting on any airs, wolfing down steaks. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't care what Lydia thinks of her. Is completely uninfluenced by her manipulation. It's the like only person in the movie who is not. Able to be manipulated.
1: Yeah, the cellist knows she's good. Mm -hmm. She knows that she can go anywhere she wants. She's got carte blanche to do whatever she wants. So yeah, the uh, yeah the way she kind of feels humiliated by that cellist not giving her the full respect, not falling for it. Yeah, right. Not being hustled. That yeah, that definitely is what kind of drives her over the edge. And then she's taking it out on everyone else and her her partner and
0: yeah and the, the orchestra her assistant and everyone oh, is the, so good. Oh,
1: her assistant is like man you know those people like you i or you, know, you i have known those people you should see working, we, I for, was, working for some corporate entities you know I, <laughs> i've known those people and you feel so bad for them cuz they just they 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 get abused yeah and yeah it's awful the abuse that, is pretty that hard actress on that
0: actress was so good in portrait of a lady on fire that'd be a great ah, episode yeah 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 She's so good in that, and even though the movie, even though it's not the same movie at all, uh, did you ever see Phantom Thread? I get such yeah. strong like spiritual feelings as Phantom Thread. So they got Daniel Day Lewis in that, it isn't a totally different version of, of Lydia Tar? They just have kind of different
1: kinks. Mm-hmm. But well, like I said, I was thinking there will be blood or, the whole time. Of, of just course. watching this, Paul
0: Thomas Anderson, pretty yeah. <laughs> feels like
1: just watching a, a character that uh yeah is like is not a sympathetic character. Yeah,
0: Todd Field and and Anderson are so good at making just asshole <laughs> movies, right? Just movies about assholes that I can't stop I like, just m- but, watching. Yeah,
1: I just I did not sleep very well that night cuz I was yeah, then up another hour thinking about it and I was like, "Man, I really want to wake Katie up and talk to her about this movie." I know. <laughs> I have what I could not when you sent me the and text the, in, the next morning, like as we're like getting up at seven, you know, getting the coffee. I'm like, yeah, uh, watch that whole movie It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so jazzed up about tar and I was so weird right? after
0: the first hour when I'm like, I think I'm too dumb for tar. I think this one's just smarter than me. Once I realized I'd been suckered into, you're like supposed to feel that way. This movie's manipulating you the way Lydia Tarr mm. manipulates everybody into feeling stupid. I, yeah, she can g- cut a person down. She knows exactly what to say. Yeah, and she will not hesitate to say these certain things while appearing to justify, like like she's the one defending herself in a way.
1: I, I there's a good chance a lot of that stuff, especially in the that. Uh, scene in the classroom where she's teaching the kid who finally tells her she's a bitch. Yeah. Uh, that could be gobbledygook. I have, I have no I w- no way to check uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what they're saying. So I got to trust the movie on that one.
0: Yeah, that's the great thing. This whole but I... then you,
1: you get that sense of uh, what they're saying finally through, even though you don't know what they're saying, you know what they're communicating to each other. And yes. She's basically telling him, you're an idiot for not knowing the classics, and he's telling her, you're a bitch for <laughs> being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Even if I was
0: too stupid to understand anything anyone said in the movie, I <laughs> every yeah. everything is so real and so human, and I think that's why Cate Blanchett just, you know, it's like yeah, Roger Clemens won a bunch of Cy Youngs, Barry Bonds won a lot of MVPs, but it's like Barry Bonds should have like five more MVPs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Cate Blanchett's won what three, four Oscars? Then you look, oh, Cate Blanchett should have like eight. <laughs> nine oscars right is it just the like it gets boring to vote for jordan every year know. like let's give it to jeff kent bonds has won the next four years right let's give it to one other guy
1: well it's yeah exactly and, you know if this movie had come out a year or two earlier or, or a different time when there wasn't this whole michelle yao yeah uh, movie. it was just the better story right i don't know but then at the end of a decade you don't have like
0: oh looking back on her it's incredible right She's been doing this for a I think people just get so used to seeing Kate Blanchett doing these incredible nuanced characters that are somehow exactly like you remember Kate Blanchett being in everything, mm-hmm. yet she's never repeating. Okay. They all have different tics.
1: She right. understands all these kinks. She doesn't get that... Uh treatment that someone who's been away from the industry a while gets or someone like jamie lee curtis who's been a genre and you know yeah uh, otherwise can't do it for halloween ends (laughs) we don't know how many chances we're gonna get people yeah so when you're cate blanchett and you just deliver and deliver and deliver uh, yeah maybe it's just like yeah it's uh business as usual oh she was awesome in that movie cool yeah great but, then but the, she is so fucking. She's good so perfect as Lydia Tarr. Might be. I mean, it's like go back. It's like I don't know what what would be better than that. I know. Or, it's or so good. What, it felt, what that watching it, more. it felt. It was one of those we're just seeing, and it, it's like
0: how shook I was the first time I saw Mulholland Drive, hmm. and Naomi Watts, who I didn't know before that movie. I hadn't seen her Australian work, or whatever, <laughs> or the Killer Elevator movie she was in before that. Oh yeah. Um, uh, her performance in Mohan Drive is just like well, I'm not seeing a better performance this year, right? And that's probably Kate Blanchett in this movie. For a movie that I wasn't sure I liked when it ended, it's the only thing I thought about for <laughs> two weeks. And at this point, I love it. It just keeps going. I just keep finding new things to like about it and new uh, new holes to poke through its purposeful denseness.
1: Yeah, I I need to give it another rewatch. The more
0: it unfolds and the more you hear snippets of these troubling relationships she's had before and you just see the way she... Every relationship is transactional. Mm. Every single one. And people put up with her shit. They know how good she is, so they put up to a certain level. And I didn't know the movie was going to show her actually getting taken past that level where people are no longer. And I like how the movie... Still holds back on that. We don't get a real downfall. You're kind of made to think you're seeing a downfall, but it like avoids the gore. Mm. She walks into a boardroom filled with 15 people in suits. We don't see any bit of the conversation. Yeah. We're getting these flashes of like, oh, different levels of like some shit she's going through, but we don't really see it. We don't see until the tackling. I did not expect I d- that. I didn't know the movie was actually going to show her break because yeah. they had just been showing the first uh, not good to walk through a boardroom of 15 people all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, like the rooms of people she's having to deal with and bullshit her way through are getting bigger and harder to convince. Well,
1: then she kept... Yeah, and she gets nastier throughout the that second half of that movie. Yeah. And the uh, I was thinking about the scene where she's making all the noise because the people want to sell the apartment next to her and they... They had the audacity, (laughs) the audacity to ask her when she would would not be playing music. They were offering to schedule showings around her schedule. Yeah. And she's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. I'm just going to be a total annoying, uh, go out of my way to mess your thing up. All of her awfulness (laughs) felt very coded throughout this. And it felt
0: very much like her putting it onto everyone else. And that was really good showing her finally just like, no. I can be an asshole. I get that. Yeah. I get that because of where I'm at in this fake universe where a conductor is like a megastar. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. And it's so rich. And she's so awful. And you're rooting for this downfall. in The mm. same way you, you know. <laughs> but it also has that. I always bring up this guy when I, when a movie is about despair and unsatisfying conclusions. Uh, Michael Hannock. Yeah. Who just makes something that's just like, am I annoyed by this? I think I like this, but also it's kind of annoying that he seems to be rubbing my face in this. And But then I just can't stop thinking about him for mm. two months. You know, something like The White Ribbon, or how much I hated the uh, one about the two teenagers on their killing spree, but I haven't stopped thinking about that stupid movie ever since. And this feels like that movie. It's going to haunt me. I'm scared of people like Lydia Tarr. People that have no problem lying to other people. Mm. People that are good at, you know, getting what they want. And knowing how to manipulate a conversation. I don't like... You know, you don't want to just assume somebody's like that. But they're out there. They exist. It's a real person. They all rise to a certain level because there's no empathy. And they're usually in charge of something or someone else. Yes, they're usually (laughs) in charge of many people.
1: Yeah. Uh...
0: And she portrays these hateable people. So, Kaplan Chet plays a lot of groomers. (laughs) A lot of liars. She's really good. A lot of double life kind of stuff. She's really good. Yeah. The way she messes over Bradley Cooper, man. God. (laughs) You know, from the first second where she's getting taken and she's kind of looking like an idiot, I'm like. Kate Blanchett is not going to stand for that. She's not going down like that in this movie. You knew she was going to come back and just rip balls off.
1: The way she breaks Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley is one of the most devastating things I've ever seen. I mean, you talk about a fall from grace, a, a bad person who gets their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. That's Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley. Oh, my God. I don't think I've seen a fall that hard I'm in a saying, movie. I'm
0: saying, you're thinking, like, like the oh the yeah, like gets she... humbled, like, Bradley Cooper, man... Lydia Tarr wasn't born Gives for it Gives away that watch
1: for a slug of hooch at the end of that movie. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, when she, when she gets him to just go like, why are you doing this? Why yeah, are you man. doing this? Does she really get canceled? Feels like she has a. She goes to,
0: you know, Indonesia for four months, yeah, and then she'll she's right back in New York City or somewhere, you know, Hastings. She'll she'll land on her feet. I hope so. In Tar 2. No, I don't think I want to hope so. This moment's ruined lives. There's a suicide at the middle of this that she's trying Mm. to delete casually out of the way, right? She gets off very easy for what happened to her. She is still working as the thing she's doing. Yeah. You know, Harvey Weinstein only got to rape so many people. (laughs) You know, he's eventually jailed. Tar's not going to jail, right? She's still conducting. It's like Louis C.K. Yeah, he's doing shows. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He just doesn't have a show on FX, but he probably
1: will eventually. Oh yeah, he'll get there.
0: Yeah, that's Lydia Tairy right now, special. right? Special. Yeah. Cate Blanchett is just so good at not making them into, like, seeming like a real person, making it seem like this isn't a message movie.
1: Yeah. So this there's a scene at the towards the end of this movie that really kind of made me appreciate. The movie, even when you more. knew you
0: were like in love with it, right? Yeah,
1: where uh, she's watching the old tapes. She's back, She's hiding out at her maybe Long Island home, where wherever. Yeah. Where She's Linda, Linda Tar, and with her a brothers. Her brothers just like couldn't care less that so she's there, and she's watch. So she's watching an old conductor on the tape, and he's talking about music, and he's talking about the emotion and how you can feel joy and sorrow, but then it produces emotions you can't describe. Yeah. I was like, that's what this movie's doing to me. Exactly. I don't know how to describe a lot of what I was feeling through this movie, but it was like this movie is showing me life. Yeah. In a weird way that I'm relating to without like you said, without necessarily understanding what's going on in a scene. And so that's what I have to say about the movie. I think it, it is something that made me feel things I can't quite put into words. I think that's not great for a podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I just can't really talk about it. <laughs> but it made me feel a lot of things and um
0: that was also a scene I really connected with and really tied yeah. up the movie in a lot of ways. And even deeper, it, it I think it really gives m- the most glimpse into Linda, into Lydia. Not only when her brother sees her and her brother clearly acts like this is a fake person. Like whoever this person is now is like she's putting on like a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through sh- briefly showing all these things
1: where she... The lies she's had to tell, and she gets a costume made in the opening montage. Yeah, you know she. You you know she's she is portraying. Yeah, when you find out that her name is Linda and she's been putting on this, she's a character. Yeah, and
0: you notice how she's choosing her costumes from old, uh, like conducting, orchestral scores. She's like Mm -hmm. making her, carving her version of some like Leonard Bernstein suit, as if Leonard Burton, like oh man, that conductor. Everybody, the fashion, I I love this universe where there's like, oh man, did you see what Bernstein's wearing on the Bach (laughs) 5? God, those lapels, sick, right? Yeah. I love that it's this fake, not real universe, the kind of, you know, Thomas Anderson universe. Yeah. It's like ours, but it's not. But there's probably people like that who actually do do that, right? Sure. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) For this glimpse of this whole movie, she's one of the highest in her field, again, this movie is in a world where a conductor can rise to the length to the same celebrities like Beyonce, mm. like John Legend, right? That you got you know Lin Manuel Miranda and this conductor, <laughs> yeah, of an color. orchestra. And, She's the rock of classical. Music. <laughs> yeah, and so you know she was like always one of her credentials is in all these meetings with people. Like when she meets with the old Nazi from from Last Crusade, yeah. It's like her close, oh, the closest friend is a guy who's like most famous for playing a Nazi. It shows all these awful transactional relationships with people and casually denying their past abuses. And don't
1: they have a scene in that uh, in the movie where he kind of talks about like, yeah, we did some weird things back in the forties. Yeah. Oh well, it's Berlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It implies yeah.
0: Uh, all the people she associates best and can kind of opens up slightly. Two, since every conversation of hers is built on Mm -hmm. a total lie, are all also similarly bad, megalomaniacal people. And so I like that little glimpse into her not actually being... The person she's watching on the tapes is Leonard Bernstein, who was her mentor. Mm. But I like this glimpse of her as a fake. That she wasn't an actual mentor. She is as good as she is. But she was just watching VHS tapes of the guy, learning from his taped classes, right? She wasn't an actual mentor. She just kept faking she's it. Kind now she's kind yeah. of Yeah, she is faking everything she needs to do and say to get to where she is so she can continue having power. Mm. I think it's a little insight into this like power-hungry person that sees an opening, a very weird opening. And I've been so <laughs> into thinking about this movie ever since. Really uh, really, just went from angry about it to hating and just examining why I feel angry about some of these manipulations and seeing her treat these loyal people so terribly and seemingly not even get... We never see her have joy at winning an interaction. Mm, yeah. She just has to win every interaction. It's just what she does. There's no joy there there's no humanity to her even when she's losing it doesn't feel like a person i don't know how she does it (laughs) i don't know how Kate blanche i don't know how todd field doesn't make a movie since little children and then he comes back with such a challenging dense flick like this that is not going to be enjoyed by everybody yeah it's not going to be understood by anybody i don't know if i understand it but i know how it made me feel
1: I know It if, made me feel a lot. If you're a top person at the Academy, and the movie's about how the top people in the arts world are terrible. <laughs> maybe you don't vote for it. And it's all transactional,
0: and the whole point right? of all of this is a transactional relationship that keeps the whole enterprise afloat. Yeah. I guess they don't like being told <laughs> about that, huh? I guess I get that. Yeah. Man, we'll have... Jeez. In
1: the bedroom. That'll be... So. That's a tough one. That'll be a good episode. That, Yeah. All his movies. Yeah. He's only got a handful of them, but they're all just like A plus material. Incredible, right? And he, this is it. Little Children was 06.
0: Yeah. Gave Jackie Earl Haley a career. That's an incredible story. Mm-hmm. I hope Kiwi Kwan gets a career from everything, everywhere, but.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But
0: Jackie Earl Haley got a career. That guy's in Watchmen. That guy got to be Freddie. Freddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did And also good stuff. <laughs> um, but, but, man, Todd Field just knew he knew everything about this bad, unlikable person. He knew Lydia Tarr. I loved yeah. what he chose to show, and I loved what he chose not to show. I love the specific I wouldn't be shocked at any person that watches this and thinks it's about a real person.
1: Yeah, I heard Kate I heard Blanchett a lot just of people, feels like a real person. Yeah, I I feel like I heard that where people thought Lydia Tar was an actual human, yeah, based on a true story kind of a thing. Because it feels like a real person. That's her power. Yeah.
0: You ever met anybody with that spells Kate with a C? She's the one. Nobody else can do it. Everybody else just can only only no. do K's. She gets that. She's got that trait. she knows how to be a capital C. <laughs> <laughs> This was great. I, I wanted Tar to be a big winner. Since all my favorites got Jack. Mm-hmm. No, no Bones and All. Jordan Peele got all the Nothing hid. for nope, yeah. Jordan Peele, nope. We don't get any more nopes. No Jordan Peele. No, we already another movie him. that may
1: be a little critical of the entertainment industry. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. It's nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: so weird. I wanted so much more. But here's Tar right in front of him. Just like West Side Story was right in front of him last year. And that's how we got Steven Spielberg's Mom's Three Way. Came to this. I can't wait for Todd Field's Mom Three Way movie to come out. No, I I don't know what Todd Field's parents are like, but I can't (laughs) wait till he
1: makes that movie. I want to see it. Maybe he'll make the movie about him co-inventing Big League Chew when he was a bat boy. (laughs) Man, him in that hat, watching the Daniels (laughs) get his. He looks so pissed.
0: I get it. Wouldn't you? Like I wore my. Good luck hat and everything. When you be... It's like that year that Martin Scorsese was supposed to win. And they had like Coppola and Spielberg. And they were all up there like giving him the award. And then it didn't happen. It's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Todd Field wore the hat.
1: Dan, did the Daniels need three? Give him one of the other ones. Yeah, Give Todd Field this one. Uh. I know. Original screenplay, if nothing else. I mean, yeah. He wrote... Did he, did he edit it as well? Uh, he... Yeah guy's a master it's a it's a really really challenging but really satisfying movie it's on peacock it is tough but man i thought it was rewarding. i'm gonna watch it again eventually it's so good yeah check tar check them all yeah see what
0: you think i would not tell people to not see everything everywhere go see it mm-hmm. experience what people what, what won everything maybe you'll hate it maybe you'll be people love it and i love it good for them <laughs> on to next year i guess but I'm thinking about Tar in such a bit. It's just on another plane. Mm. You know, this is filmmaking. This feels like something Bergman could have done.
1: I think, yeah, uh, last thought. Ta- uh, Everything Everywhere was a movie that told you how to feel about it. And Tar was a movie you get to, like, we've obviously had very different yeah, re- reactions <laughs> right. to particular scenes and in, in this way. And I love when a movie just lets you solve the puzzle.
0: It let me feel you know, about this movie. It let me yeah. decide, you know, it leaves it there. It's not even letting you, want you to follow a mystery. It's showing you what it needs to show you. Yeah. It's just giving you enough breadcrumbs to think about these different branching paths. That's a multiverse. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all the options of who Lydia Tarr really is. What her level of uh, control and what her level of real is, you know, that's, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Go see that one. There you go. See that. I wish I'd see it in the theater. Maybe it's still out. Maybe that'll get mm. a revival. Maybe. Like, I'm sure Everything Everywhere is out again, I bet. Yeah. It's come back Definitely. in the theaters like eight times. I
1: think The Whale Gate came back out. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Great. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, That was Oscar talk. That's Oscars. That's, uh, I'll watch him again good. next year. Yeah, when all my when all my stuff did. Well, now we're gonna be back to our regular SCSI programming. Yeah, uh, after this, it'll be <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> do some garbage. After this, <laughs> exactly. Need a palate cleanser <laughs> for sure. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night.